Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tailford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Do you know that you can't get Silent Hill 1 on PS1 <laughs> in a case for less than 50 English pounds these days? If you want just the disc and maybe the manual, you can maybe get 25 if you're bidding all the time. But even then, it's too difficult. And Josh Brown. Hello. <laughs> now, I hazard to say that only Mr. Benroy is the one fighting the good fight for Silent Hill representation in 2022. <laughs> but what, what have you been doing? There's a lot of games coming out. Where, where, where have you been? Uh, who are you asking here, Josh? Mr. Benroy. Me? No, no, no. Mr. Mr. Uh, you. I, I want to know what's happening with this uh, Silent Hill. I haven't, pl- I, haven't, I haven't played a game all, like newer than 20 years old for like two <laughs> months now. Bar Halo Online and... Um, some other online stuff uh-huh. with, with friends, but I'm I'm lost in the trees. I'm almost there now. So, um, I just said Silent Hill Forbidden West. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West has arrived. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. I can't wait to play something brand Crossfire new. Crossfire you know? X is out. I mean, they're all they're all there. Uh, mate. I saw the reviews and then I saw you had to pay like an extra couple of quid for the campaigns and then I deleted it straight away before <laughs> launching it. And that Rainbow Six Extraction. Just, that's not a game that's just that, not worth no. me and my friend's time really no. so. but overall um we're going to check in more game specific stuff next week because a lot more um, like you know josh will play a lot more horizon ben roy you'll have played some horizon i've already finished it the reviews on the channel and um, but we'll touch in on that stuff going forward we'll do a spoiler pod when you guys have both finished the story as well um because there is a lot of stuff doing the round cyberpunk's massive update dropped yesterday we've just got a video going out on the channel today um as i literally played that for my entire day off yesterday i had plans they went out the window i didn't do anything else other than just play cyberpunk um and I massively recommend the latest update for that game. It's phenomenal. Um, literally feels like what they should have had out two years ago and is backed up by the devs saying that they always needed this amount of time. Anyway, um, and Sifu. Um, Sifu is another game that's phenomenal. We've got a, a good chunk of coverage across the um, the podcast and the channel and everything. So um, we'll talk about some big old news stuff because there's a lot of gaming news doing the rounds. And if we have time, we'll, we'll circle back around to the games. But like I say, go check out the YouTube channel for hands-on stuff for them as well. Um, first big news story, though, um, is the Capcom countdown. Now, they tweeted out. Um, saying that on um, the 21st of February they were going to be 
revealing a bunch of stuff. And so on the Twitter, uh, they tweeted out this link that went to a website that showed a countdown to that date. Um, but people have since data mined um, the website itself and found what is apparently going to be revealed. However, a good chunk of the fandom thinks it's too good to be true because listed in this data mine um, are or just they're just brand names. But it's so it could be whatever game you want to associate with this. But it's Resident Evil, Street Fighter, Devil May Cry, and Mega Man. So whether or not that is you know why Capcom are doing their first big public countdown thing in a while, I don't know. But Ben Roy, you're a massive Capcom fan. What do you think this is? I mean, I hope it's something more substantial than an update to a website that, that some hardcore fans <laughs> use that we had the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could do a little like two second stinger with just Leon turning up to you know a village of some kind. I was going to say, do then... you think it's the remake, Ooh! the RE4 remake? Uh, I would say either that is more likely, but then mm. what you got a village DLC that's been like rumored for mm. since they mm. since and they mined seven for DLC as much as, as hard as they could. Mm. They could uh, they could do a village uh, a little bit what we call it a VR. True. And very true. There's there's always people wanting that you know the first three PS1 games just in their PS1 ness on newer systems you know what i mean so it could be that sort of thing the collection i would take that i, I mean i i would love the original resident evil 2 just polished up a little bit just give me that but josh brown what do you think dude i think capcom's in such a weird position because like they're doing so well you know they mm. just announced their uh, how well they did last year and you know resident evil selling well monster hunter selling well all of their properties are like doing gangbusters but they haven't had like a big reveal in a long long time they had like quite a quiet year last year where they just mm. kind of announced you know updates for these games or re-releases and stuff like that so my hope is that what you've read out there scott isn't misdirection isn't <laughs> too good to be true and they do have a lot of announcements planned to mm. get us hype for this year because they don't really have anything on the docket for this year or going into next year at this moment no. in time so for me i want to see a big all-out resident evil uh blowout essentially i want to see resident evil 4 remake at least get teased i want to see resident evil 8 dlc and i definitely want to see resident evil 8 vr announced for psvr 2 i want that to be a thing that i look forward to for the psvr 2 launch date I do wonder how much they are going to try and position themselves as, you know, like, like, like you know, the, the latest Nintendo Direct, like, you know, you can argue that it, it didn't have, like, tons of stuff in it, but someone like me, absolute simp for Kirby, was losing his mind. So I kind of wonder how much the likes of Capcom, you know, have enough announcements, like, queued up, and they maybe sit on them for a while so they can do a live stream and build up the idea of a Capcom live stream being a thing. Because we're seeing way more Nintendo Direct-style approaches to content reveals. Even Yacht Club did one, and um, the Shovel Knight devs, because they have a bunch of things that they're publishing or developing. And so so I kind of hope that it is a big deal. Like, I hope that they haven't done the big, you know, they've announced the countdown that like it was a week in advance or whatever. Um, I hope it's, I, I'm going to assume that it's Resident Evil 4 Remake. I assume it's Street Fighter 6 because it's been a long time since Street Fighter 5. Um, some sort of Devil May Cry follow-up, but I don't think it'll be DMC 6. I just think that they'll do something else with that engine. Uh, maybe some DLC they'll give another character or something. And then I guess um, a new Mega Man, but I forget what number they're on, but maybe a Mega Man <laughs> for the new age because um, that franchise went away and then Mighty Number no. 9 came out. Yeah, there's like four 40 or 50 or something. Um, so I think it'll be a big deal. I hope it's not just, you know, Capcom reminding the shareholders that there's stuff coming. I hope it's got a bit more to it. Well, this is it. Because it's coming straight after they did their, you know, report on the year. And the mm. fact that it's coming towards the end of the financial year, you know, I think that ends at the I end of March. Wrong. 
to me, and I hope this is going to be a way for them to bolster their next financial year calendar from, you know, this April to next March or wherever it is Mm -hmm. and give um, us the fans and shareholders, uh, you know, confidence that they've got stuff on the horizon to match next year's profit, uh, last year's profits. I mean, because I don't, maybe it's just because we've been through two years of a literal void, but it feels like Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes were a, a lifetime ago. Like it feels like there was a bit of momentum between two and three and then they sort of dropped off and like maybe now is the time that you remind the world that Resident Evil 4 is a thing again and you roll out and if all the leaks were correct then there's they can reveal like the new version of the intro or whatever and it all takes place at night and do all those kind of things um there's a way to do it well I mean you know they've got they said that they wanted a Resident Evil every year and this year they have Resident Evil Reverse you know that multiplayer gimmick (laughs) that they've got but to me in my head yeah there's there's no way that they can be banking on that being the big Resident Evil game for this year so they've got to have in my opinion, something else up their sleeve. In terms of Benro, what do you think? You get your Capcom, you can reveal one Resident Evil for 2022. What is it? I would uh, do the four stuff. Just mm. You just need some sort of, like maybe an engine thing or just even CGI thing of Leon turning up, looking into the village or something like that, or just have um, just have Dr. Salvador come along with his chainsaw and, <laughs> and that's all you need. You don't want reverse. I played that when it was in its like beta. I thing. forgot that had a limited release. A hundred years ago and it was horribly imbalanced, but weird. Mm-hmm. It was like slap some sort of action figures together. And I think you save village stuff for it. it like, I, I think they should do a VR version of village because why not save mm-hmm. it for nearer when the PSVR two is coming so the momentum is all sort of like rolling like a boulder being punched by Chris Redfield <laughs> into a lovely pool of lava. Yeah, I think if they queue up and I forgot about that whole Resident Evil one a year thing, but if, if they are positioning themselves to be almost like a first party um, direct showcase thing, then they could, um, you know, they have enough stuff in the, in the fire that they could sort of start announcing and then get back on that plan uh, and recover from uh, the last couple of years. Um, next story is Tom Tenders Henderson over on xfire.com uh, talking about what was happening on the inside of EA in regards to Battlefield 2042's I was going to say downfall, but just continued falling down a hill, spinning, pirouetting, hitting every tree possible on the way down. Um, because EA had an internal, um, apparently their internal executives had a whole conversation um, about what happened with Battlefield 2042, um, including uh, one of the executives, Laura Meal, who has pointed the finger a little bit at Halo Infinite. Um, and to quote um, Tendus himself over on xfire.com, um, according to Meal, the comparison between both games was not favorable because Halo Infinite was a very polished title, whereas Battlefield 2042 can contained bugs and wasn't as polished. Um, EA also referred to um, Halo Infinite's multiplayer as a surprise, something that they didn't expect to take away from um, Battlefield 2042's uh, release. But overall, and obviously considering the fact that this game launched in a pretty horrendous state, um, a lot of people are just sort of laughing or feeling sad or disappointed or whatever at the overall state of this game. Uh, Josh, you're the biggest Battlefield fan out of all of us. What do you think? Totally, man. It's like a, 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 a mixed bag, all of this for me, because <laughs> when when the game came out, I actually like quite championed it. You know, I thought mm-hmm. it obviously wasn't perfect. It had a lot of issues, but I was having fun with it. You know, I spent like 60 plus hours in there, you know, enjoying it, looking forward to new updates, looking forward to more content. But with the recent announcement that we're not going to get season one uh, until summer when it was supposed to be out at the start of the year, mm. it's made me feel like a little bit of a, a little bit of a mug, to be honest, because I'm like, well, <laughs> all of this content was promised. Now it's been delayed and that's been responded to in kind by, you know, uh, 150,000 people, whatever it is, signing signatures to demand refunds. So looking at this kind of postmortem and seeing, you know, them compare it to Halo, which for all intents and purposes, while that might have been lacking in the live service area, 
area absolutely delivered when it came to the core, you know, combat, the maps, the game. It's got modes, a scoreboard. It's got a it's whole got a scoreboard, scoreboard for one. Um, I, I've seen like a lot of people making fun of that comparison, but right. to me, I actually think it's quite apt. You know, like I was there um, on the subreddits, on you know the gaming subreddits um, at the time, and people were genuinely pointing fingers, going look at what we got with Battlefield and look at what they're doing with Halo. Look mm. how solid Halo is. So I can see them certainly bringing it up as a comparison. I think, you know, if they are saying it's Halo's fault that we were you received so poorly, I think that's obviously a step too far. But I think it is worth making a comparison internally between Halo and what that got right in yep. Battlefield and what that got wrong. Because I think there's a really interesting thing that Henderson writes up where he's talking about DICE um, shipping the game uh, with bugs that were in the parameters of what dice had shipped before you know it was yes. battlefield 5 battlefield 4 and stuff and they were like that probably wasn't good enough you know and it's like yes you should have learned that a long time ago you should have learned mm -hmm. that you know delivering a game with this amount of bugs wasn't serviceable with battlefield 4 wasn't serviceable with battlefield 1 wasn't serviceable with battlefield 5 to me those are the lessons you should have learned a long time ago but at least at least they're learning them now because there's like the wider thing of you know the whole conversation around what battlefield 2042 is to the core as a shooter like the whole the potential reliance on like hero mechanics like the way that they change the dynamics of what battlefield is in 2042 it seems like it's a way wider problem and um, that obviously in the in conversations like this when you've got the executives just sort of going like well clearly it's because of this and they do obviously cite the pandemic as well it's going to affect the turnaround of development and things like that um but there is that wider sort of um, idea that you know dice themselves didn't weren't able to put together what fans would have wanted across the board anyway like it is this sort of like i said cobbled together chasing trends shooter and um, which we've seen for the last few years nearly everyone seems to be trying to do a hero shooter at some point to try and be the next overwatch or whatever it is um but benro what do you think i know that we me and you both played the trial back when it first came out but what do you think watching this unfold uh i mean i'm in the nicest way he's like scrum you made a bad game and you released <laughs> it in a bad state like i get like you always got to take that pinch of salt, like all these people that worked hard on it and they yeah. didn't, probably didn't want this thing pushed out the door. But when you release something like that, like playing that for like three hours on the EA sort of a uh, past thing, mm -hmm. I'm so glad I didn't waste money on this thing. I like just like not having a, like you can hark on the not having a scoreboard forever, right? But that's just a weird thing not to have in, mm -hmm. essentially. Uh, not having like the voice chat, we can go back to that altogether. But playing the game, I found just wasn't fun and like it's great having a massive map you know like but uh when you've got to spend hard like what it felt like half an hour probably more like five minutes to get somewhere and then you've got some old like jimmy up in the in a tree somewhere pop you in the in your head once and oh well you've got to respawn now you could say that comes down to me maybe in a bit bad but like, other games even when it felt like you were in the combat a bit more there's like a shipping yard level mm -hmm. it still just felt not there and the wider sort of like deserts be uh covered in sand or this i think it's siberian like landscape they just felt too barren and just like why can't i just get into it even quicker and i know there's like squad spawn and stuff but that compared to halo is like just i would say battlefield the newest one is terrible and i would say even though halo had like its missteps along the way mm. like I've almost put like what six day six human days into that game now, so there's a difference. I mean, there. that's the thing. I like I'm over a hundred hours in Halo. That's I've seen. I feel like that's my catchphrase at the minute. But I am over a hundred <laughs> hours in Halo Infinite because um, I just absolutely lived on that thing. Whereas Battlefield, yeah, yeah I did the, the free trial with a, with a view to get it. Like I thought they nailed the marketing, and I was like, oh, it's going to be this big anarchic over the top version of Battlefield, which you can argue isn't necessarily what Battlefield is. We but should whatever. say 
yeah. that trial is the was basically the full game as well. It wasn't just like some sort of there like is that, half, yeah. it wasn't some handicap version. It was pretty much the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So like I don't think our perspective is even like shaken by it being the free trial. Like when you know you might No, I mean that's the thing. Like that. It almost illuminates just how little was there to pull you along. Like um you get the free trial version and you feel like you've seen all of it in just a few hours. I know that like Josh, you liked it more. And it's not that, that there aren't positives to it, but like I guess in a in a view to improve, do you think the because it's EA, do you think they'll just move on to the next thing, which we've kind of heard of like in the back in the background anyway, or do you think this actually will get sorted? I think they will just because of the um, structural changes that they've made behind the scenes already. Like they've already Mm. came out and said they're committed to uh, Battlefield. They've already set up more series to expand the law of 2042. You know, they brought in Vince Ampella from Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. On to come mm. in and try to steal the entire franchise so it now has a new um, like lead creator overseeing it. Just I don't think it's going to um, be saved anytime soon. I think it's going to be like a long process. It's not a game or even a series at this point that can be saved overnight, but they are clearly um, committed to it. It's just kind of like a cyberpunk thing of mm. is it too little too late? You know, We know that they're committed to it, but they should have been committed a year ago when they were planning on releasing this game to begin with. You know, yeah. There are so many games now, especially from EA, that have like shipped and released and then they've scrambled after the fact but you know looking at this and looking at something like anthem i don't think this is going to be an anthem just because of how much Mm. they have committed to it behind the scenes at this point that they are having these conversations to begin with i think boards well but obviously that's not much of a plaster to the fans who you know bought in for the ultimate edition and now we're like well there's not going to be any content until summer yeah, I also wonder how much they have to change, like at the core. Like, do they they try and make the hero stuff more optional? Do they try and get it back to how it used to be? Things like that. 
Well, they mentioned that in in this report and previously when they've uh, released the the New Year patch notes mm. and what they're going to do instead of pushing that season of content out. And they mentioned, you know, stuff like specialists. In this report, they mentioned stuff like um, adding things to the map so it's not as sparse and so it flows better. It's mm. just a case of them delivering on that and how long it's going to take them to deliver that mm-hmm. and whether anyone's going to care when they do, you know, <laughs> it's already hemorrhaging players. Are people even going to want to give it another chance um, in so, five months' time or whatever? It's when so was the, Oh, sorry, Baron. When was the last time the game's previous end up with more players in the new game? Like, that might have happened with, like, a Modern Warfare where, like, when you, have, when you have sort of, like, um, uh, ghosts came out or things like that, or, like, I don't know what the newest Call of Duty is now. Mm. But, like, when's the last time so many people went back that... Even the people that make the cheats that break these games have given up on this battlefield because no, not enough people are playing it. So they've gone back to like making a... the cheats for the previous games. Like, even when you get to that level, it just yeah. seems a bit pathetic in a way. It's just the thing I, is like, that's I, I like hate... a fascinating thing though, because yeah. like you've got they they insist on doing. I mean, not necessarily in Battlefield's case, it's not as sequential or cyclical as, as Call of Duty, but you have all these like games as a service that start overlapping. But because but they have to make sure that the latest version is worth the full price. If that isn't the case, then the fan base just sticks with the one they've already bought, and the whole thing falls apart. I would say it, 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 it can be done, but like you're saying there, you know, it's 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 so difficult and you mm. need to put in the effort and you need to convince people that it's worth it. I think I think DICE did it with Battlefront 2. I think we saw it with um, Rainbow Six Siege, which actually initially launched um, quite rocky. You know, they had a lot of mm. bugs and a lot of glitches to begin with. And now it's like one of Ubisoft's biggest, most profitable things that just continues getting players. Obviously, stuff like Destiny 2 is called players back, but it's whether or not... Uh, EA is going to put the work in and I think because it's DICE and they have done it before with Battlefront 2 that they could do it again but Mm. it's just you know it's a case of (laughs) how many times can they do it how many times (laughs) can they release the game and then have to make this uphill battle to claw people back like that shouldn't be how that's that's not a good way to run a business the thing is as well I just I feel sorry for DICE because they clearly have a lot of incredible like coders like they have an incredible art department like their games look absolutely stunning it's just they never it's the tail end of development that always gets sliced off so they have all this potential promise and it never comes together like Battlefront 2 got there eventually and I would say is maybe the best Star Wars game ever made like overall like there's a lot of stuff up there but it's definitely up there. Like, you know, like the Old Republic, Multiplayer whatever. Multiplayer Star Wars game, definitely, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like, as, like, an overall, like, here's a chunk of Star Wars you can go play. Like, I think it nails the vast majority of that idea. Um, But it, it took years to get there. So I kind of, as you know, for me, like, in Star Wars case, the, or Battlefront's case, there was a lot more impetus to give them the resources necessary because the trilogy was still rolling out. And so if you could go down a cold, hard business route, it made more sense. Whereas Battlefields, I wonder if they, because they're making statements like this, I know they're putting stuff out there to try and improve it as well. But, um, yeah, I wonder how much of that game's core needs to be changed um, and whether the name is too tarnished or whatever um but we'll see next news thing is the bioshock movie coming to netflix which is me us three have not talked about this uh, with each other yet um but this came from the hollywood reporter apparently um hollywood's been trying to make a bioshock movie since 2007 apparently when the game first took off um various hollywood studios tried to get this project off the ground with gore verbinski attached to it i guess he was uh, pirates of the caribbean um back then he was a big old deal um and so um apparently there was a version that was going to be put together by gore 
Lubinsky, um, but he wanted to push for an R rating. Sorry, the studio and wanted an R rating, and they wanted a big old budget, and the like, uh, ends couldn't be met on that in that regard. Um, so it's taken this long for it eventually to come back around. It's going to be coming to Netflix, um, but no people are attached to it. Um, Ken Levine's not mentioned at all in the write-up whatsoever. Um, but what do you guys think? I just did a confused face at it, which I tend to do at most uh, passive in- uh, adaptations of active entertainment. But I don't see the point in this whatsoever. What do you guys think? <laughs> you know I like it. You know I'm going to come down on the side really where I'm actually looking forward to it. Of course I am, man. I look forward the main to... point of Bioshock isn't going to work. The main crux isn't going to work. Explain. Explain. You fundamentally please. need to interact with it for the big twist to make sense. Like Bioshock as a game, as in terms of the, the final big twist, fundamentally uprooted video game storytelling and interactive mm-hmm. storytelling. And like you can't do you can you can reduce it down to a passive version of that. But I was like, you're gonna you're gonna miss the point of it. Like to me I, anyway. I think I you can adapt it for a movie. Like you could just you, the character you can could make just it worse, say, yeah. mate, could you do that? It's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> And then do that a few times and then get a golf club out of the end. That's quite <laughs> shocking, isn't it? I still think it works as a twist. I think, I think, mm. like you said, it is diluted because you're not interacting with the Woody Kindly thing, but I still think that would work as a twist. And I think that you can actually just do a lot more than just the twist. Like to me, I, I it's funny, man. It's funny how our brains work because you <laughs> said that there. And when I thought of a Bioshock movie, I didn't even think about them directly adapting the first game with that twist in mind. Uh. Like to me, I was kind of wondering how they would adapt it. And I think it would be interesting to even go before the first game starts maybe you know like properly see rapture Mm. as a city and how it crumbles i think there's a lot of interesting political intrigue in there you can see how these factions you know rise up and go against each other you can see the proper downfall and then maybe we could have the actual plot of the first bioshock game play out in a kind of you know a proper fully uh post dystopian version of the Mm. of the of the thingy but for me yeah, I just I kind of didn't even assume that they would be adapting the first game beat for beat. I thought they would just take the law or you I guess know, just spin their own thing out. Yeah, I, I hope that is what they do. For me, it's just Bioshock represents this fundamental pivot in in the advancement of video games as a medium, as an art form. So to go anywhere near that is to to assumedly borrow some of that. And so I just went, why? But I, I, I guess I'll see. The actual law, like you said, is fascinating and the wider world of Rapture and all the different conversations around art being like run loose and how that sends some people psychotic. I think there's, there's a lot of potential. They could do a lot of cool stuff with that. Benro, what did you think of the whole thing? I mean, I like the Resident Evil movies, so we can take that out and just sort there. It's not going to take I away like the original the games, ones too, yeah. And I've been paying for Netflix for over a decade, it feels like now. So it's just going to fall into that that pouch of content that I'll mm. sort of like go in there and see what's laying about when I'm not watching Seinfeld. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> like go for it. I, I wouldn't mind seeing some of this stuff in live action up there and just seeing how Tom Holland looks as a big daddy. Like I can't wait for him to sort of like <laughs> take on that role and Mila Jovovich being one of the little sisters, like just mm-hmm. get the dream casting in and we should go for it. But I mean, I mean different until uh, I, I, I see things happening because like i think we there's a time period a long time ago when we had all these movies and projects they were announced that's so funny you mentioned that that's what i was just about to say and we had i think oh a lot of this stuff was announced like a long time ago when we were all still in education Mm -hmm. and it's all now starting to come to fruition so it's quite weird but i mean we're getting there at this point so content is needed 
That was gonna be my next talking point because it's weird. Like all of these sort of late 2000s movie and TV projects are finally happening. Like the Uncharted obviously just came out. Halo is gonna become a Paramount TV show. Splinter Cell is gonna be adapted into something. Um, and now Effect, gonna is be... that getting done as well? Mass Effect got picked up. Yeah, Last of Us. Obviously, Last of Us a little bit later, but there was that whole chunk at the end of the 2000s, especially Uncharted and Halo, um, that were being bandied about for so long. Um, And now we're getting the likes of Bioshock as well. And obviously, if you read that report, it says that Bioshock would have been one of those things that got talked about back in the 2000s. It just didn't get that far along. Um, But what, yeah, I mean, like, Josh, what do you think has changed in the air? Why are we getting these things now? Uh, I think just the way that um, we are delivered content has changed. You know, before mm. it would have to be a movie. Like you couldn't make a Bioshock TV show in mm. the late 2000s because TV at that point, yeah, we were getting some good stuff, but it, we weren't seeing these cinematic flourishes that we're seeing now with the likes of The Witcher or Game of Thrones or the upcoming Lord of the Rings series. Like now mm. TV is at a place where, you know, it competes with movies from a production standpoint. And I just think that's allowed video game um, adaptations in particular uh, a bit more life and more importantly, a bit more creativity. You know, they're not going to be hopefully these kind of like watered down versions of the game made for mass market audiences. It's not going to be a Prince of Persia. It's not going to be (laughs) a uh, even the Resident Evil movies, which I also like, but were definitely, definitely different from the games. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think Netflix in particular has found that people respond to video game content. You know, I hate calling it that, but that's how they view it. You know, like yeah, the witch yeah. did so well. Castlevania, people absolutely. Oh my god, Castlevania. Yeah. Yeah. And and they've greenlit like a bunch of other stuff now. And I just think they found that people want this content. It's not being done justice anywhere else. And I think they're just more and they've got obviously, you know, unlimited resources being Netflix. So I think mm-hmm. they're just more willing to take a risk on it in a way that the big studios kind of cautiously committed to in the late 2000s then kind of got squeamish when they looked at the budget looked that it would have to be an r rating you know what i mean mm. in a way that streamers i don't think um are as beholden to the thing is like it's interesting because the biggest successes in adaptations have worked in animation because for me animation can stay closer to the overblown aesthetic or the overblown gameplay or whatever of a video game like arcane is phenomenal castlevania is phenomenal uh dota is great like there are they work as a one-to-one analog in a way or a closer one-to-one analog than the likes of Uncharted. Like Uncharted is, I mean, it's it's doing, it's selling very well, but critically it's apparently bombing. I've not seen it yet, um, but it seems like a bit of a mess. Halo didn't exactly light us on, you know, did we could sort of look to Halo and went, that's the most synthetic version of this IP that you could have done. So I guess I'm curious whether it, it like something like this looks like another hyper clean thing because it needs to, you know, be mass market. And I, I wonder just how much of the original's identity gets watered down in that I process. Mean- I just say it doesn't take away these adaptations. Like it doesn't take away from things. But you triggered me when you said Halo because I remembered people are wielding <laughs> AK-47s in that Halo trailer. I was like, they're not in the, they're not, it's, it's, there's no it's AK. timeline, Ben Roy. It's what they've done. Yeah. The Covenant love the AK-47. It's just like some dude holding a VSS in the Book of Boba Fett. I'm just like, why did you spray paint that silver and thing? I went, Lois. There is that. I mean, as well, like there's the new, like the newest Resident Evil movie that we just no one talks about because that thing just came and went so fast that played it very safe, um, and then didn't catch on either. This is going to make for another interesting uh, kind of discussion. I think if Mm. we ever get to it, because that Resident Evil movie, like for me, is is worse than the other ones, and the other ones are bad. They were at least entertainment entertaining but this this resident evil film kind of made the mistake of being like quote unquote for the fans like it tried to stuff 
every kind of uh, recognizable thing. Yeah, itchy tasty. Every kind of recognizable thing from Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 2, parts of Resident Evil 3, parts of Code Veronica. You had so much stuff that was just chucked in there and skimmed over and not done justice. And it was almost worse than them throwing it out, in my opinion, because if they throw it out or they kind of dilute it so far, it almost becomes its own thing. But I was Mm. watching that Resident Evil movie just thinking about the wasted potential in a way that I never did with the Paul W.S. Anderson ones. At least then I could be like, yeah. well, it's it's different and I could shut my brain off and enjoy it. This, I was reminded with every single thing they threw to kind of bait me into the movie that they weren't doing it right, that they yeah. weren't using it right. Well, that's that's the thing. Like the biggest positive of Castlevania is that it, it has very little to do with the games. Like they they are pulling characters, they are pulling certain story beats, but for the most part, um, you know, I forget the name of the, Warren Ellis who wrote it, um, didn't play the games. Like he like knew bits and pieces, but he put it together after that. And that same with Arcane. Like it's like you know those characters are kind of in the games, but not really. Not in that. Uh, capacity anyway let's not forget the Mortal Kombat movie which was actually quite good I thought the Mortal, yeah. Mortal Kombat movie <sighs> was entertaining and I they they minute, uh, you mean the new one or the original one the new one because they they no. what they did is they looked at what the the great work of Paul W. Sanderson and they <laughs> he had a new character so they brought a new character into that as well to uh-huh. bring some layman's in there I didn't think he was needed but I enjoyed seeing the spectacle of that sort of like over the top thing in um uh, what you I can't tell if both of you life. got together before this podcast and, and decided to do a bit because I hate that movie with every fiber so, of my being. It's so fun. No, it's not fun. The whole idea that they like Jax wills himself to pop arms out. Like, what the hell is that? It just, uh, no. It's not I how it works. Was, was, was quite a nice movie. I thought it was like a three star film. I think you should watch it if you like There's like Mortal five Kombat. minutes of fighting in it and there's not even a Mortal Kombat tournament. It's the worst. Oh. It's terrible, oh, as the French say. This. Do you see that bit where he shoots the, the the shotgun in his face and he freezes the pellets? Just Sub Zero is like a frozen Terminator that can teleport <laughs> in that game. The and opening is brilliant. I love to it. be fair, if they if they maintained the opening throughout the whole thing, I would have been all over it. Um, but anyway, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford. Joined, I've been right Tanner. If anyone can find a copy of Silent <laughs> Hill One on PS One, cheap sort me out yeah give me uh, give me give me, a, give me a link and I'll, I'll buy it give me a link yes and josh brown goodbye itchy tasty goodbye <laughs> we'll catch you next time bye-bye Bye. see ya What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.